What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the Black Adam trailer that came out, and specifically, the characters that were in it, some first appearances for them, and then their superpower and origin stories as well. If you're new around here, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, drop a five-star, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us, help us grow this audience. We really do appreciate bringing this kind of content out to you guys. It's fun for us. Y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by, Panzer Vore. Oh, and fuck you, Brian, with an I. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today on this beautiful Wednesday night, morning, whatever it may be for you, or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome back, let's talk some Black Adam. So a while back ago, I've been wanting to do this and just have been putting it off, but a while back ago on June 8th, the Black Adam trailer debuted. Our boy Dwayne The Rock Johnson, obviously starring in this, and it looks absolutely epic. I'm actually pretty pumped for it, not only just because I'm a big fan of The Rock and he makes, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. I think he makes like 20 million per movie. He has definitely come a long way from having just $8 in his pockets. I don't know if you've ever read that article or seen that story where he's talked about how he only had $8 in his pocket at one point, and that was like his turning point. He was like, I'm done. I'm done with it. Really interesting story, but anyways, back to what we're talking about. Black Adam, trailer debuted. I'm excited for it. Again, not just because Dwayne's in it, I'm a rock fan, but also because of the fact that he's pumped for the role, and then he's also pumped for the DC Universe. He's actually been quoted to say that he is not only going to push the Black Adam agenda forward, but also going to be pushing the DC Universe forward. And so I'm really hoping for that. There's actually been a couple rumors that are coming out that Henry Cavill is going to, that he wants Henry Cavill in his movies, that he wants to go against him, which would be awesome because, number one, The Rock is absolutely freaking jacked. And so is Henry Cavill. So I would be totally on board with that. We've been cheated with Henry Cavill not being in more solo movies. So we need a Man of Tomorrow, a Man of Steel movie. Give it to us all, man. Henry Cavill has been absolutely the best Superman. And while most of the time people will argue who the best Batman is, hashtag Team Batfleck over here. That's right. I said it. I'm a Batfleck fan. Anyways, Somebody that is never contended as who the best Superman is is going to be Henry Cavill. But for whatever reason, WB never wanted to pursue his movies, even though Man of Steel is an absolute masterpiece. And there's so much more lore that they need to tap into. We also have a bunch of other things that are going to be coming out. We have a black Superman movie that's going to be produced by Michael B. Jordan, uh, possibly starring himself. He's going to be none other than Val Zod, or at least that story is going to be about Val Zod. So, really interesting character. There's actually a couple of black Superman. We have Calvin Ellis, right, from Earth-23, I want to say. And then you have Val Zod with this. So, those two books, their first appearances popped off a while ago, but it was speculated that Calvin Ellis would be the main story, but it turns out that it's going to be Val Zod. But whatever. We are on a tangent we are not here to talk about Black Superman, Val Zod, or Calvin Ellis. We are here to talk about Black Adam, a.k.a. Prince Teth Adam. 
who wields the power of Shazam, sort of. And we'll get into that here in a bit. But in this trailer that debuted on June 8th, you had at least six characters that popped out. Number one, actually, it was really five, but I found a six. Well, we'll get into that here in a second. So, obviously, number one, right off the rip, we have Black Adam. Number two, we had Dr. Fate, which I'm excited to see. It looks like they're doing a very accurate on-screen version of him. Next up, we have Adam Smasher, not to be confused with the Adam. Uh, Adam Smasher also has another name. We'll talk about that here in a second. Another big, big timer is going to be Hawkman. Super excited for that. I have a lady friend who is very excited to actually dive deeper into the Hawkman, Hawkgirl kind of romance and all that stuff that they go through. Uh, faded lovers, cursed faded lovers. Anyways, continuing on, we have Cyclone and then finally Isis, which ties into Black Adam specifically. So there's at least six superheroes. I all would I would venture to say that there's going to be another one with um, Dr. Fate's enemy, Naboo, I believe is his name, Naboo. Had to look that up, not gonna lie to you guys. I had said it back in the original take. Anyways, continuing on here. So I think he is also gonna make an appearance. They've kind of been hiding who the big bad is gonna be. Maybe it's just an original story. I really don't know what they're gonna do. Based off the trailer, it looks like it's kind of a Captain America meets Moon Knight. So it's interesting to see what we're going to get with this. Black Adam is a very interesting character because when they first originally debuted, when he first originally debuted in Marvel Family number 1 back in 1945, he actually was a 100% a villain. He was a bad guy. A proper naughty boy. That's from The Gentleman. Go watch that movie if you haven't ever seen it. Highly recommend. It's on Netflix. But then from that original appearance... They kind of retconned it. I believe Jeff Johns really took hold of his uh, storytelling along with some other writers, but retold it and made him more of an anti-hero who's trying to reclaim his name and you know fix his reputation. And it's really interesting. And I want to say that that's the angle they're going with based off of the trailer and some of the other things that I've seen online as well. It's funny how these kind of things always happen. All these super cool characters that end up getting a following or are really cool end up getting this anti-hero treatment. Another off the top of my head DC character is going to be Harley Quinn. Obviously, she started off as Joker's side chick and a proper baddie uh, in more ways than one. But now she's kind of being switched over into this anti-hero type of situation. So, And they've recently brought another side chick for the Joker punchline, for those of you that have been keeping up with the comics. And she's sort of there to replace Harley Quinn as uh, Joker's girlfriend and side chick and, you know, ultimate baddie. So it'll be interesting to see if they ever send her back to her roots, back to the Joker. Uh, I know in the show on HBO Max, they have a little let's be honest situation going on and uh, have her and Poison Ivy uh, doing some stuff together. So I believe that's what this upcoming season is going to be about. Fun fact, Harley Quinn 25, I believe, where it is a canonical first kiss between Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. But I digress. Back to Black Adam specifically, right? So let's talk about a few different things right now. Let's talk about, you know, first appearances I talked about the Marvel family number one uh, back in 1945. So that is a golden age book. 1945, think about that. World War II is happening. So the reason golden age books tend to be a little bit more costly is because it was during a war, right? So some of those things were a little bit more scarce. The cost of that book is going to range you anywhere between five dollars and $40,000, depending on the condition. Personally, out of my budget, 
likely out of your budget too as well, listener, unless you're a super famous person. In that case, go ahead and buy that for me, player. Appreciate that. Just kidding. But a few other books that I want to talk about that you know are a little bit more tangible for your everyday collector are going to be Shazam 28. That's technically his actual second appearance. It's a little bit of a Hulk 180, Hulk 181 situation where a previous fan-made book had Black Adam in it, but it's technically not, you know, canon, so not really the second appearance. So Shazam 28 is the actual second appearance. That's going to range you anywhere between 90 to $700, again, depending on the condition of the book. That's all the way back from 1977. A couple more books that are coveted as far as Black Adam is concerned is going to be a DC Comics Presents number 49 from 1980s, somewhere in the 80s. This is going to range you anywhere from $10 to $75. The reason for this book, and I think this is kind of a sleeper key right now, it's Shazam and Superman team up to beat Black Adam in this. If the rumors are true that Henry Cavill is coming back to the DC Universe, then that means that The Rock, what he said, that he wants Henry Cavill to fight off against, to fight off against Superman, is very, very plausible, and I think this would be a great book to pick up. Finally, there is a super cool book out there. The reason for it is none other than just it being an awesome cover, and it's Black Adam number one, the Alex Ross B variant from 2007. This is going to range you anywhere from $15 to $150, depending on the condition of that book. It's a pretty sick cover, and actually, it sort of looks like a light-skinned version of The Rock, which he's already pretty yellow bone as it is, but in this, it's, uh, it's definitely a light-skinned version, and he has hair in it. Some of the newer comics that are coming out are kind of uh, going in the direction of making it look like The Rock, which it's fine. I mean, it makes sense. Little kids are about to start growing up with a uh, Black Adam in their you know, mind's eye, and it's going to look like The Rock because of the movie. But that hasn't always been the case of how he's looked, right? He's always kind of had like a, a taper fade, close to the dome, black hair. But regardless of what he did look like, what his origin story was, some of the same things have always kind of stuck, and that's going to be his superpower specifically. His superpowers are very much like Shazam, right? So we know Shazam pulls on all of the Greek heroes and gods, right? So you have the wisdom of Solomon. You have the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Well, the wizard Shazam, prior, thousands of years prior to Billy Batson being born and becoming Shazam, you had the wizard that was going to grant the powers to Black Adam, Pr Prince Teth Adam. But he ends up becoming corrupted and doesn't draw his powers from it. He actually ends up striking a deal with Shazam's son, uh, who is also a wizard, named Blaze. And so he pulls his Shazam powers from a, a different source. It's going to be from the stamina of Shu, the swiftness of Horus, the strength of Amon, the wisdom of Zanuti, the power of Atan, and the courage of Mahen which line up a little bit better for this Egyptian person, an Egyptian origin story. So he is pulling from Egyptian gods. So a little bit different than the Shazam we have, but the same exact powers. And a fun little fact, there's only a few people that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Superman. And because Superman's weakness is not only kryptonite, it's also magic. And these are magic-wielding 
heroes or anti-heroes or villains, they can actually go toe-to-toe and hurt Superman quite often. So I'm curious to see what they're going to end up doing as far as the origin story is concerned. It looks like it's going to be a combination of all of them. So in the original, you know, he was a prince and uh, eventually becomes to power. The power corrupts him. He strikes this deal with Blaze. We'll see what they end up pulling. And speaking of striking deals, let's talk about Dr. Fate, who, as everybody knows, usually strikes a deal with the helmet. His first appearance was uh, back in 1940. So this predates Marvel Family number one by five freaking years. So back in 1940, more comics, more fun comics 55 debuted. Whole bunch of firsts in that. Um, this is going to range you between $2,000 and $43,000. So right on par with that Marvel Family number one. But that is the first appearance of Dr. Fate. So the Silver Age appearance, which is probably the more common one, a little bit more affordable, is going to be Justice League of America number 21 with a $35 to $600 price range depending on your you know, condition of the book. Next up is going to be a kind of famous one. It's the origin of Dr. Fate. I'm sure it's been retold several times in, in other comics, but All-Star Squadron number 47 with him just prime on the cover there. Great cover. This is way more affordable. This is from 1985, ranging you 3 to $30. Again, it has that uh, origin of Dr. Fate in that. So those are the three main books. There are several other uh, more fun comics and Justice League of America where there are you know, keys and appearances and all that kind of stuff. But those are the main ones that I wanted to point out just because of how significant each of them are. Obviously, the first main appearance, first Silver Age, and that beautiful first cover, not first cover, but beautiful cover of him on All-Star Squadron number 47. Magic is the theme as far as powers is concerned, and Dr. Fate is no different than that. One of the strongest spellcasters in the DC comic world. He actually is a magic wielder and has telekinesis, telepathy, and in turn flight because of it. Along with your typical superhero stuff, super strength, super stamina, super speed, etc., etc. As far as a human, a regular human is concerned, right? His origin story is uh, is really interesting, though. You have Kent Nelson, who was uh, born to an archaeologist named Sven Nelson. And back in the 20s, young Kent Nelson went with his father on some type of journey. Well, long story short, dad discovers some stuff and dies in turn at the tomb of Naboo. And so feeling sorry for him, you have Naboo who kind of teaches him, takes him under his wing. And from there, he actually gives him the helmet once he feels that you know he's reached his manhood and he's able to, to really harness all the power that comes with it. Uh, gives him the amulet and the cloak. I don't want to give too much away because it, it does play an important role. He does join the Justice Society of America, so the pre-Justice League, right? That's who they are, and that's who we're going to kind of get. I think we're going to get a version of that here in ancient Egypt. So I'm really curious how they're going to portray Naboo and uh, and really make that and see if it's going to be a secondary voice in uh, Pierce Brosnan's head, which is the other big actor on this movie. And there's other ones as well, but those are definitely the two biggest with Dwayne and uh, Pierce as well. And moving away from actors, let's talk about characters and specifically... The next big one is going to be Hawkman, one of my more favorite characters, a super cool character with a very, very convoluted history. So I'm going to try my best to kind of tackle that. So if this is off, I apologize. 
But Mr. Hawkman did make his debut in one of my grail comics that I probably will never own, Flash Comics number one from 1940, ranging from $20,000 all the way up to $330,000, depending on the actual grade of that comic. Main reason for that is obviously Jay Garrick, uh, well, first of all, a lot of firsts, right? Specifically Jay Garrick, Hawkman, Hawkgirl, and then a couple other B-list characters in there as well. So very, very important book. But something a little bit more affordable if you're looking to pick up one of the Hawkman comics, if you will. Brave and the Bold, number 34, ranging from $300 all the way to $5,000, again, depending on the condition of the book. That's back from 1961. That's his first Silver Age appearance. You also have Hawkman, number one, back from 1964. That's his first solo title. And then a couple spec books that I think people should pick up are going to be Hawkman, 19 and Hawkman uh, 25. So in Hawkman 19, on the cover is going to be a depiction, very awesome art of Hawkman and Black Adam actually fighting. Even though they don't fight in that actual issue, it won't happen until Hawkman 25. That's a, a book to pick up. I think those are going to spike because I think we're going to get some variation of that in the movie, which doesn't debut until October 21st. So you have time. I've picked this up for cover price. I've picked this up for dollar bin prices. Like it's it's in the back bins, y'all. Go out there, hunt them, find them. They're not expensive. I have probably four and five copies each, uh, and that's with just me kind of remembering. Oh yeah, Hawkman, Hawk, uh, go find this. So that's actually from November of two thousand three. There is another one. I think Black Adam three, where there's a depiction of Hawkman and Black Adam fighting, but that doesn't come out until I think like 2007 or something like that. So this predates it by four years. This is the first time that you see that as far as artwork is concerned and as far as in a story is concerned. So highly suggest you pick those up. Hawkman's flights are, again, it's very convoluted, but from the new stuff, it has to do with nth material, nth metal spe specifically, right? Uh, he has extra strength flight via that nth metal he's able to wield that and so whereas before that wasn't really the case the one thing that is consistent across his story is that he and his lover hawk girl are uh, faded cursed lovers and so they keep getting reincarnated every time they die they eventually come back as a different character and then they you know have to search and find each other what i remember from the justice league animated show that they actually weren't together and uh, we're kind of on a break. And the story from Hitchcock, which starred Will Smith, kind of reminds me of it. Very similar, but uh, without the wings, basically. So that would have been my perfect picks for uh, Hawkman and Hawk Girl back in the day. But obviously that's not going to be the case anymore because Will Smith be slapping folk. So, yeah. I'm expecting some big fight scenes. Uh, so, again, go pick up those issues like I mentioned before. But I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for Hawkman to debut. I think he's an underrated character. A uh, lot of good covers out there. Beautiful artwork from the Silver Age for sure. But finally, the last three that I'm going to talk about here. I spent the bulk of my time talking about Black Adam, uh, Hawkman, and, of course, Dr. Fate. But the last three that I'm going to talk about are going to be Adam Smasher, a.k.a. Nuclon, uh, Cyclone, and then Isis, which ties back to Black Adam. So we'll round out with that. So let's talk about Adam Smasher, which tends to be the little bit bigger one. There's only two real main covers that you want to pick up for this. All-Star Squadron number 25 from 1983. This is going to be a $2 to $25 range book. 
super cheap spec book that you can pick up. It's going to be on the screen. Go pick it up right now before it blows up. Adam Smasher actually has really interesting powers, very similar to the Adam origin story. He's like the nephew of the original Adam, but I think they aren't going to go with that because it wouldn't make sense. But he has a atomic dispersal. He's able to increase his mass size and in turn his strength. So he can basically get big. He can't shrink like the Adam can. So that's the main difference between them. I actually thought for a while they were the same characters because their costumes actually look very similar as well. His debut again was All-Star Squadron 25 back in 1983. There is another book you can pick up, which is uh, JSA, JSA Secret Files and Origins Number 1. That's a $1 to $10 book from the 90s, 1999 specifically. Go find it in the back bins. Um, nothing really too important from it, but it, it is something that I saw on Key Collector. But uh, I really don't have much background on it, so I'm not going to speak to it. The next character that we're going to talk about is Cyclone. Very interesting little history with Cyclone. Her first debut is technically in Kingdom Come number two. This is a one to five dollar book. She was technically a red tornado in an alternate reality. She was Red Tornado's niece or daughter, I can't remember, in a different alternate reality. So that kind of ended up being retconned and isn't really canon. And so they ended up coming back in. Uh, oh, there is a one in 10 version of this other book that I'm going to talk about. Justice Society of America, number one, two to twenty dollar book. So that is technically the first appearance of um, Miss Cyclone, aka Red Tornado. Which Alex Ross to recreate that just used the same design from that. So that's why it's pretty much the same. So whenever he did that, he kind of fused them and made them the same character. Now in Justice Society of America, Justice Society of America, number three. Alex Ross does a beautiful cover of Miss uh, Cyclone, a.k.a. former Red Tornado. So that would be a cool cover to pick up. Very cheap. You could probably find that in the dollar bins, honestly. Finally, we're going to talk about our last character here, our last superhero, which may not even be a superhero in the movie, depending on how they depict it. It's going to be none other than Black Adam's wife, who has increased strength, durability, and speed because she gets an amulet handed to her. So we have Adriana Tomas, a.k.a. Isis. You can find her first appearance in 52 number three. Yes, I just said a bunch of numbers, but the name of those comics was 52, and then it's the third one in that. This is a dollar to three dollar book at best. So you can also find his second Isis wife. I know it sounds weird saying all this stuff. 52, number 12. These are from like 2005 to 2006 era. There are some other books that you can pick up, like Shazam number 25 from 1976. is going to range you from $3 to $45. It is technically the first appearance of Isis, but it's a little bit different. I think it's a different one. And then you also have Isis number one premiere issue, a dollar to $12 book from 1976 as well. So Isis is his wife. The reason that it's important is because some of his wives die. He's actually had multiple kids. So again, I don't know how they're going to address the story. I think they're pulling from everything. So I'm hoping that they do it in a good fashion. Uh, DC doesn't have the best track record so far. I've heard good things about the Flash movie, but with Etra Miller being a piece of shit and there's no he, them, there, them on that. He's just a piece of shit. You can call him that all day long. And, uh, and be okay with it. But yeah, that guy's, uh, guy's going to kill that movie. It'll be interesting to see how Warner Bros. kind of handles all of that. But that's it. 
that's going to cover everything we went over. We had some fun facts, right? Like Black Adam being Prince Teth Adam and using Shazam powers, all of those you know, stamina of Shu, swiftness of Horus, strength of Amon, wisdom of Zanudi, power of Atan, and the courage of Mehen, those Egyptian gods being very similar to our regular Shazam. We have, fun fact, Hawkman uh, being a reincarnated version of himself throughout time, a faded, cursed lover uh, with Hawkgirl. So, a lot of good things in this episode. I really had fun bringing this kind of guide and backstory, origin stories, superpower talks of the Black Adam trailer and what to expect from it. So hopefully this guy, this helped you guys out a little bit in getting to know some of these characters. The movie doesn't come out till October 21st, so if you're a comic hunter, you have plenty of time to go hunt some of these things in the back bins. If you're a big baller, go buy some of that stuff because you know how the market works. Once it comes out, then the, uh, the stuff pops off. So that's going to be it, guys and gals. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so much fun. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop that five-star. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers. Go to Spotify. Drop the five-star. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us. Get your dog's iPhone. Get your mom's iPhone. Get your baby mama's iPhone. Drop that five-star. Go to Spotify. Do all the things. Do all the things. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch you on the next episode. And remember, stay nerdy, my friends. That's a terrible catchphrase.